hello, it's Elaine Lindsay, the Glamopreneur with True Social Media. I'm also your host for the BBP show. It's lovely to be here again today. Here we are in 2019. Oh my God, can you believe it? And I'm here with a return guest. I'm very excited to bring back the indomitable Patty Farmer. Hi, Patty. Hey, Yay. Okay. Now I'm going to take a few minutes and give you a little lowdown on Patty. I met Patty uh, early in my journey when I moved into the social media sphere and uh, started to meld my optimization with social. Patty Farmer is a marketing and media strategist. Um, for one thing, she's actually absolutely amazing and I have to say I got to meet her IRL which for anybody who doesn't know is in real life we met in Dallas in 2013 she is in fact an international speaker a podcast host a magazine publisher and she's an event producer and oh my god wait till you hear about some of the events that she puts on uh, she works with small business owners entrepreneurs and speakers to attract and convert their ideal clients 24 7 so they can make bigger impact in the world and her mission is to help them master market and monetize that message in a way that creates transformation for both them and their clients while designing a lifestyle they want to live. Isn't that just perfect service in a nutshell? Welcome. Thanks so much. It's uh, been years since we had you here. I believe 2016 was when we spoke to you last. Wow, time flies. It certainly does. I guess we've got a lot to catch up on between 2016 and now here we are in 2019. But I think maybe I'll get you to expand a little on what I said, because that's an awful lot. You know, not just strategist, speaker, podcast host. You wear a lot of hats and juggle a lot of balls. So tell us about that. And I have to tell you, it's really hard sometimes because, you know, people like to talk about squirrel and and how we can get distracted. For me, I call that bright idea syndrome, brilliant idea syndrome and stuff. But I have to say, keeping yourself on track is not always easy. And the magazine was a huge endeavor for me. It was I, for two years before my team and I decided we it was ready. Right. So we've been doing it now for we're in our second year. But, you know, sometimes you come up with an idea and you're like, oh, I just want to do it now. But really, when you use strategy and how you're going to leverage and more importantly, how you're going to monetize it now is not always the best idea. Right. So knowing when is really important and how you're going to integrate it in the other things that you're doing. So I'm glad that it's happening now. I'm glad I have to tell you this past year of doing the magazine, one of the most exciting things I have done. And I love it. I mean, I always knew that it was the baby. It was my baby, right? But I have to tell you, in so many ways, it was so much more. That's so good to hear. I'm really happy to hear that. Sometimes when people take on extra things, such as a magazine, it, it's such a huge endeavor. Uh, it, it can actually take over other pieces. 
but I found out something that I think you fit this category. You are a, I think the word is multi-potentialite, meaning you can juggle all those balls and keep them in the air. And I totally understand the squirrel, but much prefer that, that you're calling it brilliant idea syndrome. That just sounds way better. I hope you'll let me adopt that. Go for it. <laughs> no, I think when you think about it, though, a lot of times part of what you should be working on now, for me anyway, really becomes what are your clients and the people you serve asking you for? Because, you know, you know my story. And six years ago, I wasn't even a speaker, right? And so I came from a place of, yes, I've been in the marketing world for a long time, but I wasn't sure I really wanted to step up and be a speaker. I always was a educator, a trainer, but there was something a little bit different about being a public speaker. And I think I shared with you that for literally 18 months, when I first became a speaker, before I got on the stage, every single time I would get sick. I mean, really sick. And so I just knew that that's what I needed to do for my business. So I just kept saying yes. And I just kept not thinking about me, right? You know, every time I would get on the stage, I just kept thinking, okay, Patty, this isn't about you. It's always about them. And so if I would focus on that, it made it a little bit easier. But what happened was every single time they would ask me something different. So when I did my event in New York City, so as you know, I do an event in New York City. We are five years now. Wow. And every year they would say to me, oh, Patty, you know what we would like? I'd be like, oh, tell me, right? And the second year it was like, oh, Patty, we would like it if you did like an alumni intensive for after we come to the event. I was like, okay, we did that. And that was a success. And then it was like, oh, Patty, we would love it if you'd add a day on for speaking. So we could talk about different models of speaking. And is that right for us from a marketing strategy? So we did that. And then last year, what's super exciting is they said, Patty, you know what we would really love? We'd really love it if you did one of these events internationally. So I was like, really? And what ended up happening was this in September, I spent a month in Italy, which was amazing. And I fell in love with the Amalfi Coast. And I said, wow, what a great place this would be to have an event. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of times when you just put it out there and you say, you know what, could this really happen? Is this something I really could do? But you know what? I was there with a group of people and I kind of shared my vision for that. And somebody did an introduction. And now in October, we're having our first event, it's a retreat in Italy. So I have to tell you, sometimes your vision gets bigger than what you even think, right? However, I think if you always stay focused on serving, right, then I think it really works. So I think for me, everything that has led me to where I am today has been just because I said yes, and then I listened to what they told me they needed from me. So it works. Absolutely. So, so in the first 10 minutes, there are three amazing ahas you have just given people. And that's totally the spirit that Patty offers everything. It is about service. And what you said, I think I have to repeat, even getting on the stage to speak, it's about them. It's not about you. And knowing that is what makes you an amazing speaker. And I can say that because I have read umpteen 
uh, comments after you have spoken somewhere. And they're all incredibly positive, saying you're one of the best people they've ever heard. You energize people. You're enthusiastic. You bring everything to the stage with you. And service really is a very, uh, it, it to me is the the piece of you that you share with the world, which I think is really quite incredible. Thank you so much, Elaine. I have to tell you the secret for me, not sure. I just think the secret for me to really making speaking work for me, in the beginning I struggled. And part of the reason I struggled was because I would hear so many people and they were so eloquent. You know, they'd make three points and pause and raise their voice and lower their voice and do all these things. And when I got on the stage, all I was thinking about was them and I wasn't remembering if I could do all those things. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just don't know if I could be a really great speaker. But then I had an aha moment one day myself and I realized, Patty, it isn't about you changing you to be somebody else. It's about speaking in front of people who need to hear it the way you say it. And I have to tell you that changed my life in reality. And I have to tell you, I still think in reality, I think, oh, I don't think I'm the best speaker I've ever heard. I'm really not eloquent, but I will tell you, it is always about them. And I truly, truly care about them. And I feel like I always, when I get on the stage, I give it everything I have and I will answer anything that they want. I don't hold back. I don't play the tease game of, I'm just going to give you a little bit of information. You know, I don't really believe in that. I really believe in, you know what, ask me anything and I will give it to you and stuff. I just give it from a place in my heart. And so for me, that was the kind of speaker I became. And I'm actually happy with that. And so I don't try to be somebody that I'm not, this is who I am. But I have to tell you, one of the things that makes me the happiest is when I meet people and they say, you know what, Patty, you're exactly the same when I meet you as you are on social media, as you are on the stage. And the reality is what more could you ask for? That's who I am. And that's what I want to be. Well, bravo. That is absolutely true. And um, another reason I wanted you as a guest and wanted you to come back because that was one of the nicest pieces of getting to meet you in real life was you were exactly who I thought you were. You looked exactly like I thought you looked. You spoke exactly that way. And that connection that we had built online was absolutely there in real life. You know, being on the speaking circuit, we meet a lot of different people in all kinds of different areas. And some people that you may have known for years um, who are really good speakers don't come across the same way in real life which can be a little jarring when you first meet somebody. So it's it's really extra nice to get to meet you and know that I'm getting exactly what I see, whether I'm seeing you in a virtual meeting or I'm seeing you uh, at the hotel in Dallas or I'm seeing you just in content on Facebook, Twitter, wherever. It's a really important piece i think for people to get that we can't all sound alike we can't all make the same gestures when you want to highlight something in a speech there are formulas for speakers but the best formula is to be you 
talk like you, act like you, think like you, just be like you. And that was a hard lesson for me as well, because I can have a very bent sense of humor, and I wasn't sure that would always go down well. So it was lovely to see you being you and understand that that's what serves best, because as you said, and I'm going to say it again, it's about them. It's not about us. True. You know, I would have to say that I think the opposite of translation of that for me, like a lot of times what happens is people connect on social media, right? And then they meet in person and they're like, oh, how does that translate? But I think for me with social media, it's almost the opposite, you know, because people see you on social media, right? And then maybe they hear a speak, right? Maybe you do get to do that. But in reality, what happens is how do you get people who don't ever meet you to see that when you're trying to come across in your content, right? You know, in the written word, right? Because I'm not really, even though I'm a writer, it's something I struggle with a little bit more. I have a hard time doing that. It is a lot of work for me. Talking is much easier, mostly because I just, I can talk so much faster and my brain goes so much faster than I can type. And I have to tell you, I think that was a, that one was harder for me and something I work on all the time. I'm so thankful we have Facebook lives and podcasts like this and stuff. So people, even if they never meet you in real life, they do get to see you. So maybe if you're written word, you know, you're just reading words, which we all know tonality and different ways that words come across. But if they get to hear you, no matter where it's at, whether it's in a Facebook live, see you like we are right now, even if you never meet me in person, I think then when you look at somebody's written words, it's totally different. Yeah. So we are so blessed right now that we have technology the way we do so that we have all these things available to us, that we have all different methods of communication. It's just like how some people like text and some people want to get on the phone and some people want email. The same thing. Some people like videos. Some people want to read your blog. Some people are going to watch a Facebook Live or they want to hear you on a podcast. It's all about them again. How do they want to take in that information? So you need to be doing it all across the board. Even if sometimes you struggle a little bit with one more than the other, I just think it's really, really important to reach your audience where they are. Yeah, no, that's a really, really good point because, you know, it's it's hard for people and they say that uh, it's about 70% of people who watch Facebook Lives actually do so with the sound off because they're in a work environment. So it's wonderful to not only have captions on your Facebook Live, but what that allows is for people to really see you and see kind of how you react and, and your facial expressions because we don't realize, but between two and five minutes into doing a video, you actually internally relax and you become more you. And we noticed that early on in doing Hangouts. I mean, we did Hangouts for the first few years, testing. And, you know, the longest Hangout, I was just reminded, was 77 days at least, consistent. <laughs> and we got to see, you know, all kinds of emotion. That's the difference. And that, like you, I am 
I write, but it's not as easy for me, mostly because I am the world's worst typist. So that piece is not great. But you don't get the same emotion. You can't you can't put the emphasis. I mean, yeah, you can put a hundred exclamation marks, but it doesn't give the same mm -hmm. sort of passion that you can see with somebody when they're on a video with you. So that for me, that's the biggest difference. And, and having the ability to do, you know, Zoom, Facebook Live, Periscope, there's, there's tons of things that people can do now. LinkedIn has you uploading video, doing video in, in your status updates as well. So there really isn't anywhere that you cannot make video available to your clients and in that way serve them even better. I um, agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, one of the things that um, I learned early on and I recommend it to my clients is when you're speaking, maybe you've got a new workshop or something, new topic you want to talk about, et cetera. One of the things that I still do today and I have to say has really helped me is I will record myself right in my own home. I record myself giving that speech. And then what I do is I will turn the chair around and I will only listen. And what I'll do is I'll take notes and I'll get to a point. I'll say, oh, I really like the way I said that. I really like the way I said that. Then I turn around and I watch it with no sound. And then I look and I say, oh, I really like the way I looked right there, the way I said that with the hand movements. And then when you match up which parts you sounded really good, which parts you thought you came across, really good. Those are the parts that you should put in your sizzle reels. And those are the parts that you should take the little snippets when you want to be marketing something you're doing. And it's really a good way where you're only looking or listening to one sense at a time. Oh, that, it's that's really worked for me. Oh yeah. That's an incredible point. I've always had a problem listening to me um, and to watch me back. So I'm going to have to try that. Now, if you didn't quite get What's a sizzle reel? I'm going to let Patty explain it. Well, a sizzle reel really is where you're taking little tidbits, minute or two here or there of your different speaking, whether it's at a seminar or a workshop or on a stage where you're speaking for somebody else or in front of a room at a networking group, whatever it is. And you put it together in one little short video so that this way, when you're getting booked as a speaker, you can send it and show them and they can hear just little moments of you speaking to kind of get an idea of how you speak and what kind of personality you have. And this can really help you to get booked for more speaking engagements. And I think it takes what used to be a speaker sheet, right? That's all we yeah. had again was the written word. Now that takes it to the very next level and it helps you to be able to really let them see and experience you more than they ever have been before. And I have to tell you, sometimes people like getting really super professional and they think, oh, they have to do this and they have to do that. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it's not something you have to do. You can really do it yourself and just pull. I mean, nowadays with podcasts and so much um, editing tools that we have, it's really not so hard to just pull out different things that you want to do there. Well, not only that, but what you just said about going through and listening to yourself, going through and watching yourself, you're going to have a much better handle on the best bits 
to pop into that sizzle reel. And also what kind of things you might want to work on. Like, you know, we all have what I Absolutely. like to say a bridge word or, or we have something, you know, the very first time I watched myself or heard myself even, which was six years ago in a 40 minute talk, I said the word actually 19 times. <laughs> and if somebody would have told me that I say, I never say that word, but I guess I did. <laughs> Yeah, I think for me, the first was amazing. I used the word amazing way too much. <laughs> and and the word nice. I had to oh. supplant, yeah, I had to supplant nice with, with some other better words. I know when I speak in person, I have a tendency, maybe not from the main stage, like when I'm keynoting, but if I'm in a workshop environment and I'm really up close and personal, when I'm teaching something to them, I have a tendency at the end to look at them and go, right? You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's our personality though. And so do we want to work on some of those? Maybe so. But I have to tell you, that's really all about being authentic, right? And that's how I really talk. So I think sometimes I work on them always wanting to be the best professional that I can. But the reality is you need to ask yourself, what is it that they really want? You can sometimes get so caught up in that, that you lose the authenticity of who you are. And then you get so caught up in wondering or worrying about what you look like and how is that coming across that it stops you from just being of service, really to just give with your heart and serve, don't sell, right? Absolutely. And, and that whole, that whole thing of looking at, at incredible speakers, I, I always um, absolutely admired Les Brown and Patricia Fripp. Oh, and, yeah. You know, it took a long time to realize that, yep, they're very professional. They do everything wonderfully. But if you take the me out of me, then anybody can do the speak. You know, people are hiring us because they want that personality. And I think once you understand that and you totally immerse yourself in simply serving the client totally with what it is that they need, then you don't have to worry about it anymore. And I think you should also think about who your audience is. You know, if you're speaking to C-suite corporate executives, for sure, you're going to have to come in and dress accordingly because they're going to have an expectation of what they're looking for. So really you also have to look at who your audience is. But for me, I only speak in front of the audience that I want to serve, right? Of who I feel like my area of expertise does serve. So I feel like if you kind of think about that, that really helps a lot. Don't try to be something you're not. And you may realize that you're looking at somebody like Patricia Fripp, who is amazing, but who she serves and who I serve is not the same. Yeah. And literally, if she came and tried to talk to my people, they would not really relate to that because that's not who they are. So that's okay. Don't try to be something you're not. Find your peeps and serve them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very, very well said. So let's move on to something else now that we've talked about your speaking. Let's talk about your event pieces. Sure. So it was kind of fun for me too. You know, it's the next evolution, right? When you do events. And I have to tell you, to be totally honest, the very first event I did 
was my New York City event. I had had a speaking engagement that was really successful. And my coach at the time was encouraging me to do events. But here's the thing. He was encouraging me to do these big, huge events. My first event should be like three to 500 people events. Now I speak at events where there's thousands of people. That's not a problem, but I wasn't sure if that's the event I wanted to do, right? And so I was really nervous, but he kept pushing. But my gut was just saying, no, I don't think that's really how I want to serve if it's going to have my name on it and be my event, right? I'm all about collaboration and connection. And so I was thinking, what do you really love? And so what I did was I decided I was going to do this event and I wasn't going to tell anybody. (laughs) And if it failed, if it failed, then nobody would need to know. I'm going to tell you really honestly, this is what I did, Elaine. And so I quietly, by invitation only, did it. It sold out in literally like three days by invitation only. It was my event in New York. Now, realizing this was a retreat, and so there was only 20 people. So it's not like we're talking hundreds, right? But here's what happened. Um, It's actually kind of funny now. I really didn't know how to do it. And so because I didn't really know all the mechanics of doing it, I just did it the way, the Patty Farmer way. And I just said, I'm going to do it the Patty Farmer way. Now it worked out and it was profitable and successful and I'm still doing it five years later. But the funny thing was I listened to my gut and my heart and I did it in New York City. You know why I did it in New York City? It's not like I just woke up and said, oh, I want to do an event in New York City. I wanted to do a retreat on the beach. That was me. I was thinking, oh, let's have a chef and do yoga on the beach in the morning and rent this, you know, house. You know, this was my vision. When I sent it out to my people, because I spoke often out of the country and I sent it to them and I had all these places. What do you think? You know, St. Augustine, Santa Barbara, like I had all these choices. And then I said other. So here's the part that's really funny. 100% 100% of my tribe that I sent it to that lived out of the country put other and New York. And I was like, wow. New York, what does that have to do with the retreat? And they wrote back to me and, you know, I sent it to them and I said, really? And they said, well, that's because in the United States, you think that to have a retreat means pamper means we have to have a beach. We don't think that. And I was like, really? So I was like, okay, I listened to my audience. It has always served me well. So I did it. But you know what happened? What ended up happening is I booked it accidentally during New York Fashion Week. Oh, the most expensive times to be in New York City. (laughs) So I ended up having to go back to them and raise the price because I the hotel was crazy during New York Fashion Week. But you know what? Everybody loved it. And they were like, oh, Patty, please do it every single year. And now we do it purposely on New York Fashion Week. But even then, they told me at the end of the day, when I was checking out, the lady said to me, Patty, do you mind if we kind of go over your bill line by line? I'm like, sure. She said, it didn't hurt you this time. But I'm going to tell you that you did a couple things that could have cost you thousands of dollars. I was like, really? So she kind of told me a few of those and I learned, right? And it was successful. And I thought, you know what? Follow your gut. And here five years later, it's probably the most successful event that I've ever done. When I went to Albuquerque, when I moved to Albuquerque a little over a year ago, and I didn't know anybody there. And I thought, okay, so what am I going to do? So I started talking to people and I came across 
these people that told me, you know what, Patty, we've never had a conference in Albuquerque. I was like, are you kidding? And they said no. And I thought, oh, how could I serve the community? So we put on a social media conference. We had 130 people come. I'd only lived there for four months and didn't know anybody. But we had 130 people come. The funniest thing was the committee that I put together, they told me afterwards, Patty, you were just so excited that we just thought, okay, we're on board. But we didn't think you'd do it. We didn't think you could do it. We just didn't want to tell you. And I was like, well, I'm glad you didn't, right? But yeah. it was so great, you know, and a couple of our friends, you know, Michelle Schaefer and Catherine Rose, you know, that are yeah. the person that introduced me to, they flew in to do the conference um, with me and spoke at that conference. And it was really great. So I have to tell you, if you think you want to do something, then, and your gut is telling you, then just do it. And so that has served me well. So every time they say that, I just go, hmm. And I just do it because you know what? Here's the thing that I have to remind myself all the time. I'm not in the information business. I'm an educator. Google's in the information business. Facebook's in the information business. YouTube's in the information business. I'm in the transformation business, right? And so for me, I have to listen to the people that I serve. And when they say, this is what we need, and I have to tell you, I could go on and on about this, but I won't. But this goes to my favorite topic, which is target market, right? Yeah. You know and I know that everybody talks about, oh, your audience, and you really have to know your target market. But what I'm going to say, which is a little different, is that when you're thinking about speaking, events, books, all those type of things, when you're out there doing that and you're in the transformation space, one of the things I think you need to think about is going the next step, the next step past target market, which is really knowing who your target buyers are, because your target market means that they have a problem and you have a solution. But your target buyers are people who have the problem. You have the solution, but they're actively looking for the solution. And that is the difference. So if you know your audience and you ask the right questions, Talk to your target buyers, not just your target market. And that is why I asked Patty Farmer to do this show. That is platinum. Platinum. Okay. Patty, that is so important. And so many people don't go that extra step because it's so important to consider that target buyer not just the audience that was that was such a good piece i want to tie it to something even bigger because you said this early on and i think it's critical especially for you know entrepreneurs and small business people to understand you were talking about early in business and you said you had a, a coach mentor uh, business person that you went to. Do you still have mentors and coaches that you talk to? Oh, absolutely. I think that if you're a coach, coaches have coaches, right? We yes. always have coaches. I always have at least one, which is kind of like having a general doctor, right? You know, your yep. doctor you go to for everything. So that's the person who walks me off the wall. I don't have to tell her all the history all the time. She knows why I do what I do, right? So I always have that coach. But then I always have at least one, and I have occasionally had two others 
when I'm focusing on a specific thing. Like when my books came out, I hired a somebody who specialized in book marketing, yeah. right? So if there's something specific, like you're going to do a big launch, maybe you should hire a coach that knows how to coach people on how to do a launch. So I think that that's important. It is important to have your coach, right, who yeah. can do all of those things. And literally sometimes I had to have an appointment with the, like when I was doing my books and I talked to the book coach, then I had to actually call up my coach, but because they pushed me so much, I wasn't ready. I had to go back to my coach to say, oh my gosh, like, you know, and every year when I do my events thinking about, well, what do I want to do? Like, do I want to invite them into something else? When my coach said, oh, Patty, I think it's time you step into doing a mastermind. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that and stuff. And we really talked about it. And I love facilitating masterminds now, right? It, but I don't think I would have stepped into it by myself. So I believe you always should have a coach, a mentor, be part of a mastermind. I think that is super, super important. Yeah. And I, I don't think, or I think a lot of, of entrepreneurs that I've spoken to uh, have put it off. They see that business coach or that mentor as being a little farther off. When I get here, then I'll do that. Oh, you just said my favorite thing, because here's what I'm going to say about that. Oh my gosh, that's my favorite, favorite topic you're going to right now. So this is what I always like to tell people. You are not going to be able to ask anybody else to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in you. If you're thinking that you want to try to sell this $5,000 product, have you ever wrote a check for $5,000? Because I'm going to tell you, if you've never wrote a check for $5,000 and you're trying to get other people to invest $5,000 in you and it's not working, go figure, right? That's yeah. not going to work. You can't ask people to invest in you if you're not willing to invest in you. And if you're saying to me, and I have people who've said this to me, oh, Patty, I just really can't afford to hire a marketing coach right now. And I will say, well, how's the last year? They'll sit there and tell me. And I'm like, well, how can you afford not to? Like, keep on doing what you're doing. Is the result going to change? Like, something has to change. And sometimes the answer is you really can't afford not to. Now, I have to tell you, with that said, I am not one of those people who believe that, you know, sometimes people do have a budget issue. I get it. Right. And I'm not a uh, person who believes that people should go and, you know, charge $20,000 on their credit card to put themselves in debt. I don't believe in that either. Do I think that you should stretch? Do I think that sometimes you can hire somebody and say, you know, the question really honestly is I can show you how to make that money back if I can. Right. And that's really about hiring somebody with integrity. Yes. But the reality is you do have to stretch. You're asking other people to stretch when they hire you but you can't ask anybody else to invest in you if they don't invest in themselves. You have to invest in yourself. The best ROI is going to be the investment you make in yourself. There's another wonderful gem and, and that is so true. And in every area of your life, I think that's honestly true. Um, I, I've often said this about the medical community. I think everybody who goes through school to become a doctor needs to spend 24 hours as a critical care patient. It is mm -hmm. the only way that you can understand from both sides. And, and you just spoke to that in business. That's exactly what you need. Because if you 
if you can't see it from your side, like you say, if you haven't written that $5,000 check, then you can't really understand what it's like for your clients to do that for you or the 10,000 or, you know, how, however much. And um, I will say, and you probably will agree with me, the first time you write that $5,000 check, it can be terrifying. And the first time, yeah, and that $10,000 check is like, <sighs> but honest to God, it is honestly the very best thing you can do, not just for your business, for yourself. And I think that part of that is twofold. One is when you write that check, believe me, now you're going to do the work, right? Yeah. You're going to do yeah. the work now. And two, I think when it's really that difficult and you're thinking, oh my gosh, you really are investing in you. So you're going to implement, you're going to really listen, you're going to do something that you really want to do. And it's really going to take you, like you have to move the needle in your business, right? You really, yeah. you have to be able to move the needle and move forward. Not only that, but I think that one of the other things it does is people see what you're doing, right? You have to lead that way, right? You can't really tell somebody, oh, well, I really haven't done it. You know, yeah. I mean, my clients, they all know that they see that I'm doing this and I'm going here and, and I still invest in my business. You never get to the point, in my opinion, that you stop learning. No. The day you do that, like give it up. Yeah. I feel like, and I don't like to ask my clients to do anything I haven't done. If I see in my clients that we're getting to the point where they're going to have to do this and I haven't done it exactly what I'm going to tell her, well, then I go invest in that too, right? So I think it's really, really important to be able to understand investing in yourself. I really do. Uh, such a good point. And, and it allows you to build that empathetic muscle so that you can, in fact, serve your clients better because you really do feel what they're going through. I absolutely do. I one of the my favorite quotes is lead with contribution and con and compensation will follow. Always. Oh, that's good. That's good. I like that. Lead with contribution. Ooh, I like that. That's really good. Wow. I, I time with you always flies and, and we're we're sort of coming to the end of our time here. Uh, as is per usual, I always ask my guests to uh, leave the audience with one little nugget, and you've already given a whole pile, but uh, one little nugget, be it business or personal, that people can implement in their lives right now. Oh, okay. So let's see. So what I would say is a lot of times right now, what I see is people are whether they're doing it virtually or whether they're doing it in person, they're just collecting business cards, right? I mean, everybody just thinks, let's just collect business cards, right? Here's what I want to say. What I want to say is that you should strive to be a people connector, not a business card collector. I think that is really, really important right now. And, you know, in this business environment we're in, relationships are the currency. Yes. So what I want to say is if relationships are the currency right now, how fat's your wallet, right? You know, how fat is your wallet, right? And I think that that's really important. Um, Elaine, are you okay with me giving a gift? I never go to any place unless I bring gifts, whether it's a bottle Absolutely. of wine, whether it's some food, right? I always love to give gifts. 
So here's a gift. I think that we've talked about a lot of things and we did talk about my magazine and I would love to have everybody check the magazine out complimentary. And I would love to say that it will have a lot of things in there. We have a lot of great contributing authors and stuff. So here's the link. It is Patty and my name is spelled with a Y. So pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine. Really simple. But grab a copy, read what other experts in there were talking in the magazine about what's happening now. What are the trends and what's going on in your business right now? And I think it's really important. I think it's incredibly important and I don't think we touched on the magazine enough and that's my fault. We should have more because I think having a magazine that you can get digitally really helps the small business and entrepreneur, as you say, to stay current, to really be on top of what's happening. And it's a nice, concise way to get bits of all of it. You know, it can be really hard to try and follow everything uh, by yourself when you're a small entrepreneur. So having a magazine that pulls it together for you is wonderful. And I, I will say Patty does it incredibly well. Thank you so much, Elaine. This was great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me to come back. Love to have you back. It really is wonderful to get to talk to you again. Just there's so many things. We will definitely have Patty back again. Uh, hopefully she will agree to that at some point. We will have all the links and information about Patty and where you can get a hold of her right on the page below the video. So you can find her wherever you need to. Make sure you go and sign up for the magazine. That link will be there as well. I'm Elaine Lindsay, the Glamopreneur of True Social Media, and I'm your host for BBP Show. I want to say again, thank you ever <laughs> so much, Patty, for coming on. We really do appreciate you as a guest. Thank you so much for having me. And we will see you again next time. Uh, upcoming guests are going to include a producer of... Hmm, movies, children's books, and very into uh, the beginnings of HDTV. That's going to be something a little bit different. His name's Randall Dark, and we'll be talking to him soon. In the meantime, make your day amazing, and I'll see you next time. Bye, Patty. Bye-bye. The link is pattyfarmer.com forward slash magazine. Mm -hmm.